0: What's happening, everybody? I'm back on my old stomping ground, Locked On NFL. Brian Peacock sitting in for Chris Carter and your boy, Q, Locked On NFL, doing it for this Friday edition, Thursday Night Football. We've got our six-pack of picks, some news around the league. COVID is running wild, and Urban Meyer has been fired. All that coming up on this edition of Locked On NFL right now. on NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network, your team every day.
0: Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter, Q at your boy Q254. It's kind of nice, man. I like being back on Locked on (laughs) NFL. We didn't have the YouTube channel going on when me and Williamson were doing Locked on NFL. By the way, uh, hi, everybody. Brian Peacock, if you don't remember me, if you weren't listening to Locked on NFL when I was doing it with co-host Matt Williamson, we now have our other podcast, our own show called the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show coming at you daily. I'm also the host of the Locked on 49ers daily right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. There's a ton to get to, Q, on today's Show, um, uh, and I've had you as a guest. When we were doing Locked On NFL, so it's nice for me kind of to be your <laughs> guest here today. This is this is nice. I like this.
1: Yeah, man, it's yeah, fun, nice. and we're closing out the week really strong, man. I, I love it. It's always fun to be on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL. It's always coming off a Thursday night football game, and so uh, we had a good one. You know, we had a really good Thursday night football game. And a side note to it, it's the last Thursday night football game, like last Thursday night football game, not uh, you know of of just like the 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 year, but on Fox. I mean, it's done with Fox. It's going to Amazon on next year and i believe what next week it's on nfl network and that's it i believe so yeah we got saturday games coming up yeah. this
0: week one of them in question with all the COVID yeah. going on. Stephen browns against your uh, las vegas raiders uh thankfully this last thursday night game was a really good one too going yeah. into ot with kansas city improving to 10 and 4 beating those los angeles chargers 34 28 uh, the it, it, Twitter was fun tonight watching this game because it was the <laughs> was it? crowd versus the, the take it was like the go for two or the go for go for it on fourth down crowd versus the take the points crowd uh, and that was a lot of fun because the take the points crowd thinks they have a big win. I don't know if they actually do. Um, but, but it was a really fun game. And obviously when you have guys like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert out there, chucking the ball around two of the most physically talented dudes in the NFL, it's a lot of fun, but it was nice to see the human nature of Patrick Mahomes throwing one of the ugliest passes I've ever seen where he's just bouncing it to a dude who's (laughs) wide open in the end zone, Mecole Hardman. Um, and they weren't able to convert on that one, but they did convert in overtime, Travis Kelsey looking more like. George Kittle than Travis Kelsey. Uh, looking like it found the fountain of youth there a little bit. Ended up with 10 catches, yeah. 191 yards, and two touchdowns, and uh, showing some moves in the open field to score in overtime to put the Kansas City Chiefs on top and now a commanding lead in the AFC West. And uh, it's almost like an inevitability, right? Q, with this right. team going on to be the one seed in the AFC.
1: Right, exactly. Just like that, they're the number one seed. I mean, really, who would have thought that a few weeks ago before they decided to go on to a a long winning streak that they're on right now and sitting on top of the AFC West and more importantly, sitting on top of the AFC Conference and uh, that's incredible, man! And, and for Kelsey to have the game that he did—ten catches, like you mentioned, 191 yards, and a couple TDs—I mean, man, he—he is—he is Travis Kelsey that we all remember. I mean, we always talk about Kelsey and Kittle, and and then Darren Waller's in, involved in that conversation. But Kelsey, man, he's back to being the guy that uh, everyone expected him to be. The Kansas City Chiefs expect, or back to being the team that everyone expected him to be, and it's, it's just like clockwork. You know, here, here we go again. It's December, mid-December, and the Chiefs are in first and feeling good about themselves. Patrick Mahomes incredible game Uh, there was a lot of people going back and forth you know hey gotta take the points or you gotta be aggressive against the Chiefs I'll tell you uh, Brian I I have no problem with what uh, with Brandon Staley decided to do roll the dice I know there's multiple times he failed uh, inside the 5 yard line and that's not gonna beat the Chiefs but field goals ain't gonna beat the Chiefs either so I really didn't have any problem with what he decided to do
0: Yeah, and it's won them games in the past too. Right, you can't discount. It's not a small sample move. It's a large sample move when you're going forward on fourth down and you're trusting what the data tells you. And so that's a really important thing to remember. And uh, another reminder about the the Chargers. And look, this is a huge win for the Chiefs too, because a lot of times when you're on the road on Thursday night, it's almost a scheduled loss when you have to travel a pretty good distance, like you do from Kansas City to um, L.A. And so. The, that, that's, that's nearly a scheduled loss in a lot of cases. So for Kansas City to go get that win in the division is massive. And now, you know, everyone's fighting for that buy. There's only one buy in each conference now. And um, if the if Chiefs put themselves in that position, it's really important. And the Chiefs look like a very flawed team earlier this year. Yeah. They're figuring a lot out and figuring a lot out on the defensive side of the ball. And I was a huge believer in the Los Angeles Chargers this year. And I still am. And I think they're going to be a playoff team, but right. it's also – Um, flaws that are showing up for Brandon Staley's group and they're still not quite there and it's a valiant effort and they're figuring some things out, but they're a team that's maybe not quite at the level of, okay, this is a Super Bowl team. Maybe that's next year for them. They still have a little bit of work to do and I keep getting reminded of that and I kind of want to, maybe I'm putting the cart ahead of the horse a little bit because they've got such a talented quarterback and I really believe in the head coach and we have that head coach and quarterback marriage. Um, It's hard not to believe in that, but I think they still have uh, some work to do, um, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball, oddly enough, with a defensive head coach, they, they have some work to do with this team. They're flawed, but they're still really good. Right. And when you, Got a quarterback and some of the receivers and weapons they have on offense. You're really not out of either ga- any game either.
1: No, you're not. And they're playing well this season. They really have. And of course, their their schedule is very favorable for them the down the stretch. So they have games that they'll probably be favored in each and every one of them. But um, they're, they're just it, to me, it feels like they're maybe you know one piece away. Again, they've got the quarterback, which is the most important part. Uh, the 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 really good uh, head coach. I like I like Brandon Staley a lot. Uh, he is yeah. a defensive minded guy. And you're right, their defense isn't right where it needs to be. They need to figure out how to. Stop the run. They weren't able to do that. Uh, and then on top of that, they're just, you know, they, they've got a few little issues here and there, little breakdowns that they have. But when they tighten that up, as long as they stay healthy, I believe they'll be a really good team. But you got to like the direction that the Chargers are going. But the better team won on Thursday night. The the Chiefs get that victory. They go and get in overtime. They win the toss. And they make no mistake about it. They go right down the field and get in the end zone. No questions asked. You know, hey, Chargers, you're never even going to get the ball. So, really, the Chargers had, what, three opportunities inside the field. Five, and they had the ball back with, what, a minute left in the game uh, with an opportunity to maybe go down the field and get a, tu- uh, a field goal to win the game, and they weren't able to do it. So uh, with all those missed opportunities, it's no surprise and shock to anyone that the Chiefs came away with a victory.
0: Seven straight now for the Kansas City Ooh, Chiefs. Was- was this the was this the end of it? did the Chiefs just win the AFC West with that game and three more to play, beating the their the, the really the the team that, that was in the position to take them out? They they have Steelers, Bengals, Broncos, yeah. the rest of the way on their schedule. The Chargers have Texans that should be winnable on the road, Broncos and Raiders, but I, I think they're just too far back, two games out now.
1: I mean, you never know. They got three. They got three left. I, I think that the Chargers probably win all three of those games. I mean, honestly, I do. I'll tell you that right now on on December seventeenth, I'll tell you that I think that that they win all three of those games. But um, you know, who, who knows? You know, and and look, the Chiefs are on a seven game winning streak. And the thing about seven game winning streaks, you feel like it's gonna snap at some point. It looked like it was gonna snap on Thursday. So you never know, man. If they if they uh, you know slip up a, a game or two, and remember, the Chargers hold the the tiebreaker. They won earlier in the season against the, the Chiefs. So you never know what could happen, but. Uh, uh, Kansas City's in, in really good position right now and is it looks like the playoffs are going to go through Arrowhead. Yeah,
0: a lot of 7 game winning streaks don't become 10 game winning right. streaks. Right. It's difficult to win that many games yes. in the NFL. Uh even though the Chargers seem or the Chiefs seem to be rolling right now. Uh some big storylines going on in the NFL queue that we have to get to uh, coming up. Uh but first I want to let the listeners know about a way that they can get to Super Bowl 56 at SoFi. It's less than 100 days in the way uh, away, and it's on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place you can score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket, and experience package. It's all about the experiences, too, not just the Super Bowl. Select your exact seats. Choose from an elite experience package featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. If you want those tickets for the Raiders 49ers Super Bowl 56 at SoFi, it's onlocationexp.com SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Right? Uh, I, I've been losing a lot in fantasy football this year. That's why I've been going more to Stat Hero because when your year-long fantasy team goes in the tank, you can start over every week and go one-on-one, head-to-head with the house at Stat Hero. For example, this week, there's a three-quarterback showdown. It is Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, and Jimmy G. Can you pick three quarterbacks that can beat the house, that can beat those three quarterbacks? You already know who you're going up against. Stat Hero tells you who they're picking. You pick your three quarterbacks to go against them tons of other ways to play There's Saturday games Sunday games different position groups that you can play at stat hero the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups winner take all stat hero players are clocking odds up to four times better than traditional fantasy sports with stat hero you're in control of the stakes and you are in control of your team head-to-head One on one, the way fantasy should be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match as well. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on for 100% match. stathero.com slash locked on. The news broke late last night Q and yeah. uh yesterday's show locked on NFL didn't have the opportunity to cover this recording uh, early the night before Urban Meyer's done uh he had become the heel of the National Football League in 2021 and I'm trying to think like Q what do you think was the worst the most egregious error from Urban Meyer this year was it grinding with the the, the <laughs> young lady on video uh was it kicking his kicker and telling him um, whatever expletives he told him, like, just treating him like... Right. Make your man. kicks. No. Blank,
1: blank, blank, and blank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, don't miss the kick, dip, blank. And, right. Uh, and I'm like, what are you doing? Um, uh, was it just the losses, the bad record, and, and having a terrible team? That was pretty offensive in a lot of cases. Uh, or, or was it asking his assistant coaches what their resume was and and calling them losers and saying he had a better coaching staff at bowling green like what was the worst thing he did because uh, he was just a terrible human being through and through from the moment he was hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Well, I think that's what what it was. I think it was it was the whole combination of everything. It was what started when he hired his coaching staff, and he hired a coach that he had to get rid of because he had uh, racial issues going on in the past going back to players. I mean, before it ever got started, it already started off bad. You know what I mean? It's like he walked in the door, and there was already a dirt stain on the carpet. You know what I mean? Like you already knew that there was a problem, and that carpet just continued to get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. They were in Jacksonville, and they had some nice, clean, white carpet when he walked in, and, boy, it didn't take long for it to get dirty. And so uh, that was just what it was, man. It was a combination of everything. Uh, He obviously is a terrible fit uh, coaching, period. I mean, he just – he's done – what he's done in college, he's won his championships, he's, you know, he's held his trophies, he's got his accolades, but look, everywhere he's been, it is no mistake that there's always something he leaves behind, some kind of, like I said, stain on the carpet that he leaves behind, and this is no different, and so, uh, Tigers don't change their stripes, Jaguars don't change their spots, Urban Meyer doesn't either, I mean, it's just, it was a bad situation from the jump, and I, I actually give Shad, Shad Khan, I actually give him a lot of credit for going ahead and just pulling the plug now before something else popped up, and then we're talking about What's it going to take to get this dude out of here?
0: Yeah, and I think there was some cra- contractual stuff and guarantees yeah. in his contract that Shad Khan was maybe trying to figure out behind the scenes, and maybe that's what delayed this firing because he probably deserved it a lot sooner. And in the end, he's like, yeah, I just can't even wait. I'll let the lawyers figure it out. <laughs> right. You got to can this guy because it, it's not working out, especially when your young quarterback starts to even speak up about it a little bit, and, and, and you realize, okay, this is a drain on the team, and we can't ruin the development of the future of our franchise with this guy, and it makes you wonder what kind of crap he got away with, Urban Meyer on the college level for so many years and like it took years for that stuff to catch up to him before he moved on to a new location where it only took a matter of months in the NFL because that stuff doesn't fly with grown men over here.
1: No and you know in college man they've got ways of cleaning up everything I mean there's a lot of things that you never hear about that happen in college sports all the time this somehow it magically goes away and so Urban Meyer uh, he had a certain way about himself a little aura about himself and he was able to really do what he wanted to do and kind of skirt around everything in college like you said that doesn't fly in the NFL grown men aren't going to take that. And honestly, when he, you know, kicked the kicker and told him to make his damn kicks or whatever he said in the in the exact words he used, he wasn't, he ain't no dummy. He didn't kick a, you know, a, a linebacker that he knew would take him out back and beat the brakes off him. I mean, he kicked the kicker that he thought, I can do this too. He knew, I mean, in his mind, he calculated, like, I can make this very terrible thing that I'm about to do. I can do this to him because he's going to take it, where someone else might not have done that. So I feel bad for Jacksonville. I feel bad for Shaquan because they tried to go out and make a splash hire, get the fan base excited, bring some credibility to that team, and it just it just didn't work out. I remember talking to uh, Amp Wig when, when, uh, immediately when they hired him, and he was pretty juiced, and, hey, this immediately brings some credibility to this this team, and, man, that credibility was in the front door and it was out the back, quick, fast, in a hurry. And it just, I, like I said, I feel bad for the organization because they tried to do something big, and it just exploded and blew, it blew back in their face.
0: Yeah, I remember talking to Wig about the same, and it was more like, okay, we need someone with some direction and a CEO of the the whole deal. And then all of a sudden, he signs Tim Tebow, and you think, ah, maybe the football side of thing ain't going (laughs) to work too good here, because uh, as bad of a quarterback as Tim Tebow was, he was an even worse tight end, apparently. Seeing him attempt the block was like... Bad, really. Uh, and uh, just pretty much every move he made was bad and even gifted, you know, whatever. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Trevor Lawrence is actually a generational quarterback. But that was one of the big reasons why it was such an attractive right. job for Urban Meyer. And he he wanted that job, you know, and, and and he handpicked it because of that young quarterback. And wow, to be gone, not even through the first year. Right. You made he didn't Pretty even make
1: amazing. it through the, the finish line, man. He started the race and he did. He he tapped out before the race was over. He was just he saw he saw a little watering tank and he was like, "All right, I'm done here. This is where I this is where I'm done. I'm, I'm, it's a wrap."
0: <laughs> I wish I had the video of it. Uh, the the uh, interim coach
1: was uh, was asked
0: about. He said, "You still have time to have a uh, a better record." Than Urban Meyer's career winning record in the NFL and the response, the smile, the laughter—it's uh, pretty clear that nobody in the organization is going to miss Urban Meyer. So I think he wore on on just about everything. Which
1: tells you everything you need to know. You know what I'm saying? If you were not liked by anybody, there's it's 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 not them, it's you. So. Not even the people you handpicked and hired and exactly. Put in positions they don't even like. You. If you if they don't like you, it's you. It's not it's not them. It's you. So. That's obviously one of the huge issues, and and the other huge issue that's been going on uh, in the NFL that we still really don't know where we're at at this point is everything going on with COVID nineteen, and it's just, man, it's the numbers are just you know, quadrupling, tripling, whatever you want to call it. It's just blowing up, you know, over 100 total players across the league and coaches as well with COVID-19 issues. And this game on Saturday between the Browns and the Raiders, I mean, I'm trying to preview it as the host of the Lockdown Raiders. I'm trying to break down keys to the game. And one of my biggest keys is like, who the hell's playing? (laughs) Who are we playing against here? Is it Nick Mullins? I'm looking
0: like Nick Mullins might be the quarterback who's beaten the Raiders before. Yeah. Uh, Like, he's no joke. Like, he's, he's not afraid to sling it. But one thing I, I, I didn't realize, and um, this was reported by Dan Graziano of ESPN, he said, to be clear, the new NFL COVID protocols make it possible for anyone who's tested positive this week to test back in mm-hmm. and play this weekend. Yes, even if you tested positive today, you can play Saturday as long as they're vaccinated and show no symptoms. So if you're vaxxed, right. no symptoms And you have that negative test, even if you tested positive late in the week, you can still get back and play. So that does make it possible for a lot of these Browns players, and there's a million of them that could get back. I'm just going to read the list. But, you know,
1: the thing about that real quick is the reason why that has changed. And I mean, regardless if that's a good rule or not, the reason is because the NFL wants the game to be played. They want to make sure that the game is played. It's not really like, oh, hey, you know, we know that two tests uh, 24 hours apart is too much, so let's just go ahead and knock it down to one. No, it's because, hey, we want to make sure that there's actually players out there. If, if there's 46, if you have 46 guys, you can play. So that's what it's all about. Even though, uh, you know, it tries to make it sound like that they're listening to the CBC and they're doing this, that, and the other. No, man, they're trying to save their backside and make sure that they, they c- collect their almighty dollar. And on top of that, there's no wiggle room if you p- try to postpone games. Games you can't. There's no wiggle room because the 17th or the 17th game, 18th week this year.
0: and they already told teams what the salary cap was going to be last week. So uh, they got to get all that revenue in, man. Yeah, so gotta make sure these players are out there playing. And look, it's one thing to go from Baker Mayfield to Case Keenum, who uh today or Thursday tested positive to Nick Mullins. That's one thing, but then to have Nick Mullins behind an offensive line that has no starters, right? When you have Wyatt Teller and Jedrick Wills and uh, just about the entire offensive line out, uh, that gets ugly really quick. And there was only like three or four starters that either with COVID or injury uh, were projected to play earlier this week for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Then you have depth, and then it, right. it's just uh, it's just crazy. It's a crazy, crazy situation. And look, the Browns aren't the only team. The Rams have like 20 guys now right. too. Right. Um, Washington's got some problems. There's a bunch of teams that just – Test after test, all of a sudden, uh, it's going crazy. So who knows who's going to be out there? I have no idea. Good luck in everybody's fantasy football.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. The <laughs> thing about it is what really concerns me, Brian, about this game is not really even who's going to be playing. I think it's going to be an ugly game because the weather's going to be you know, pretty ugly, so it's going to be a heavy dose of the run game for both teams. But I'm really concerned with, okay, if all these players are tested positive for the Browns leading up to the game, who's going to test positive for the Browns maybe after the game? And then – since the Raiders are interacting with them, are they going to return with a bunch of guys back to Vegas? You know what I mean? Like, because look what happened Monday night football. The Rams had a couple guys, Jalen Ramsey and Higsby, they're out, you know, and then all of a sudden Odell Beckham Jr. Then right after the game, boom, he tests positive. And then all of a sudden it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a chain reaction or whatever. It's a snowball effect. And so that's what I'm really more concerned about is what's going to come out of the game following the game. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And we're seeing most of the West Coast teams have been pretty good for COVID. Same with the Raiders, same with the 49ers, even the Chargers. The Rams are good. Go away. All of a sudden they come back with everyone's got COVID. And so, yeah, now do the Raiders come back next week? And then in week 16, they're a team
1: with Exactly. That's where my big concern is. So I'm really, I really am interested to see how this game shakes out. Uh, I, I would be personally, I would have no problem if the league decided to postpone it, move it till Sunday or Monday night. I don't know. I don't care when they move it. Uh, I would have no problem with that. I just know that they're not going to do that because again, they don't have that wiggle room and they want to make sure these games get in. It's the first week of Saturday games, So they're not going to miss that. I mean, there's a thousand reasons why they're not, they're going to bend over backwards and make sure it gets played. But me personally, and not to mention, I just want to see a Quality football game, You know what I mean? I mean, regardless, a lot of people say, oh, well, the Raiders should have, should have a good chance to win this game, Q. I don't care. I want to see Baker Mayfield out there. I want to see Jarvis Landry out there. I want to see their first-string offensive line out there. I want to see a good football game. I'm a football fan. That's what I want to see. I don't care about seeing the 8th, ninth, and 10th uh, offensive linemen for the Browns going up against the, the Raiders' first-string defensive line. I mean, that's like a preseason game that nobody's interested in. I don't really care to see that, but... I mean, here yeah, we you are. you want to
0: see a second-half preseason game. Right. In
1: week 15. Exactly. I just – I mean, I want to see the best of the best. That's what we tune into the NFL for. So, you know, it's – I mean, there's one thing if you're dealing with injuries, but COVID is a whole other animal. It's crazy.
0: And it's not like the Raiders are going to make the playoffs
1: anyways, right? They're done. I I think so. I think that they're just trying to uh, get to the end of the season, man, and then press the reset button.
0: <laughs> I was so impressed with Derek Carr and how the Raiders were able to keep things afloat through so many right. issues. Uh, and it just it's kind of like just caving in on them now. And,
1: yeah, you uh, want to talk about snowball effects, man. I mean, they <laughs> got into the bye. They were 5-2, and two, looking good. They've literally won one game since the bye week. You know what I mean? And they it's all about what you do in November and December. They've won one game in November, none in December. So, there you go. COVID's the only thing that hasn't hit the Raiders yet. Basically. I mean, really. I mean, they've honestly had, like, two guys all season long. Jalen Richard and Trent Sieg, the long snapper, uh, been hit with uh, COVID. And, and that's really pretty much it, man. I mean, it's been... Pfft, It's been pretty smooth with them, but that's, like you said, about all that's been really smooth with the Raiders this season. And that's unfortunate because they did start off really well, and you thought that, hey, maybe this is a year they turn things around and get into the playoffs, but uh, then they get hit with body blow after body blow, and then they get hit with a knockout punch. So – like I said, they got about four rounds in this fight left, and they're just trying to hold on uh, to get to the scorecard. We're going to pick out six games that we're going to talk about. There's been times in the past where we've gone through every single game, but we're not going to do that. We're going to go ahead and pick out six games that we find intriguing for this upcoming weekend, Week 15, and we're going to break it down and give you our picks for those games. But before we do any of that, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They've got you covered all season long with the props, the odds, better lines. they got everything that you need to cover, get you covered all season long season long and that's all the seasons i'm talking pro and college basketball uh, pro and college football nhl boxing ufc it doesn't matter any sport that you have a a opportunity to bet on betonline.ag has got you covered go to the website on your laptop or your mobile device sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit all you got to do is use the promo code locked on. That's how you receive the bonus. And it's all one word locked on. You get a 50% welcome bonus just for signing up and making a deposit at betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And they're where the games start. And this weekend, while you're watching football, what are you going to be snacking on? How about. Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar for many, many moons. Been telling you about it for a very long time. Well, it's the holiday time. So how about some holiday flavors? And every single morning I wake up and I check out the website and I go to built.com and see what the new one is or new ones are and there's always something there new for me to check out, especially for the holiday time like Gingerbread. They got the Gingerbread Built Bar. They've got Eggnog just in time for the holidays. Caramel Almond Delight. That's one of my favorite ones. Caramel Macchiato. That's another good one. Ruby Chocolate chocolate saw that one this morning, Built Bar Puffs, ruby chocolate flavor and then lemon dip cheesecake, Built Bar Puffs as well. Those are just some of the many flavors to choose from and I'll tell you right now, if you're like me and you like to have folks over the house and watch games and just kind of enjoy it and hang out and whatever the case may be, it's always sometimes after a lot of trash talking and some games that you want to have a snack. Built Bars are the way to go. You're having a great tasting snack, something like a candy bar, but it's really good for you. It's a protein bar. You will not be disappointed. You won't get that groggy feeling afterwards. You're going to have a little bit of pep in your step and know that you just had a really great tasting snack. So check them out today. Do like I do. Check out the website every single day early and often. You never know what you're going to find. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK 15 and you'll save 15% off your order when you go to check out. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCK 15 all right, Brian, here it is. The six-pack of games that we have to close out Locked On NFL Podcast on this Friday. Head into the weekend. It is week 15, Saturday games. The only thing I hate about Saturday games is you know it's near the end of the season when there's Saturday games. They don't have them in week three. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when, it, when you have a Saturday game, it's getting close to the end of the season, but here we are, week 15 action, got some good games to choose from, so uh, I rolled out a couple that I really wanted to talk about, and uh, this one really is a good one because, well, I'm just, I'm surprised by the way that this team is playing. How about the New England Patriots and the Colts? This is one of the games that is playing on Saturday. We kind of talked about the, the Raiders and Browns. That's a Saturday game as well, but the New England Patriots and the Colts, and the Patriots obviously being led by a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. You want to talk about the Chiefs getting their mojo back. It feels like the Patriots have got their mojo back, and then the Colts. Colts. They have a great running game. Uh, What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, How do you feel like this one shakes out? Yeah,
0: I I don't like this matchup for the Colts, even though they're at home. And look, it's not going to be a game like the Patriots against the Bills, where the weather plays a big part. But look, uh, I I think the Patriots and Colts really want to go about things a similar way. A lot of times, Um, I I don't think anything's too big for the rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. And The I don't think the dome is going to save the Colts here. Uh, And and what's surprising to me is the Colts are favored. Like, I don't know what's going on over there in your town, but they've (laughs) got the Colts by two and a half. I I don't see that at all. I think this is easy money to to bet on the Patriots, who have covered all year long. They're one of the top three teams in the NFL in covering against the spread. Uh, They're a better football team. I think they're a better coached football team. Uh, Their quarterback might not be dynamic, but he's not going to make a lot of mistakes and run the ball and they can uh, play defense. And I think the big key here is Bill Belichick's ability to take the ball away. And Carson Wentz, even though he's been better at it this year is the type of quarterback that will throw the ball to the wrong team. So I think everything to me in this game, aside from Jonathan Taylor's uh, immense talent points to, the Patriots winning this football game.
1: You know, it's funny. I I feel the same way. I do think that New England wins this game for every reason that you said, not to mention Bill Belichick takes away what you do best. And right now, what the Colts do best is run the rock with Jonathan Taylor. And so I think that he's going to look at that and say, you know what, Carson Wentz, like you mentioned, Go ahead and beat us. If you could beat us, then we'll tip the cap and say that you won the day. But Carson Wentz, when he throws the rock enough, he's going to give you an opportunity to make a takeaway, and that's what Bill Belichick's going to count on. I think he goes ahead and uh, and takes away the run game, limits Jonathan Taylor, and makes Carson Wentz beat him. Now, I will say, side note: there's a reason there's air conditioning in the desert. You know, I mean, the guys in the desert don't lose often, but I, I feel like that they, I feel like that they could lose on this one, no doubt about it. How about this game? How about the Tennessee Titans that have been doing pretty well without Derrick Henry going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers? I just got a big question mark over Pittsburgh. Just they're up, they're down. You know that you're at the end of Big Ben. Mike Tomlin's a hell of a head coach. Uh, He's a guy that finds a way to get it done regardless of the circumstance. But it almost feels like, and I don't want to start nothing yet, but it almost feels like it may be coming to an end of an era with Mike Tomlin as well. Man, Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is this a game that you think Titans uh, get without Derrick Henry, or do you think this is a game where Pittsburgh can get their mojo back and Big Ben can have them a big game?
0: I mean, not only Derrick Henry, but A.J. Brown. They're just hurting for making talent uh, on that side of the ball. Look, maybe the Titans are a team in January, and look, they're going to be a playoff team, I think, uh, just because of the head start they got. But they're a team maybe you don't want to face in January, but right now they are not a juggernaut football team. And all. The Steelers, the Steelers getting healthy on the defensive side of the ball. I kind of like Pittsburgh in this game with the caveat that we don't really know at his advanced age which Ben Roethlisberger is going <laughs> to show up week to week because he has been downright bad some weeks and he's been serviceable and okay, right. even, you know, in a, in a new Ben sort of a way, in, in a big Ben um part two sort of a way. Um, so if, as long as he can be okay. I don't think you want to run down the throat of that Tennessee Titans defense like usually the Pittsburgh Steelers try to do, even if it's only three yards per carry for Najee Harris. They don't care. They want to be physical up front, but uh, Jeffrey Simmons is a problem inside. Yeah. So uh, if you can utilize Najee Harris, who's got the ability out of the backfield as a receiver and play the defense that I think they can against uh, a bad player tennessee titans offense right now with a lack of playmakers i do like this one for the pittsburgh steelers and more than anything i kind of like the under for this game i think it's just going to be a knockdown drag out type of a game where the steelers come out you know on top 1917
1: you know it's funny i just i have so much trouble counting on big ben you know because i I don't know like you said what big ben you're gonna see i like to go ahead and put my eggs in one basket when it comes to mike tomlin because i think he's just gonna find a way to figure it out i mean it seems like that's what he does is figure things out even when you just look at it like I don't even know how they just did that, but uh, you know the Steelers find ways to get wins. They you know it feels like they got lucky against Baltimore when they they won that one when John Harbaugh went for two and wasn't able to capitalize and Pittsburgh squeaked out of there. I just don't know, man. I think that the Titans' defense is strong enough that they'll create a couple turnovers with Big Ben. Uh, Najee Harris, is it feels like he's like their only weapon that they have that's reliable each and every game. Chase Claypool, I like his talent. I don't like his maturity or lack of maturity. Uh, he just, I don't know, he's got a lot of growing up to do, and I think that Pittsburgh's going to be a tough place for him to grow up and do that. I think Mike Tomlin's probably been on him tough all week. I'm going to roll with Tennessee in this game. I think that they find a way to get it done, and, pr- and really it's going to be by way of the defensive side of the ball. I think that they'll really find a way to get it done over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, How about this one? How about the Cincinnati Bengals at the Denver Broncos? Denver's a team that I thought was waving the white flag when they traded Von Miller to the Rams before the trade deadline. I thought, okay, they're tapping out. And Cincinnati was a team that I started the season not giving any respect to, and they came out the gates and they started playing really well, and Bengals fans started hitting me up and saying, Q, show the team some respect. Stop being so disrespectful. So then I started showing them respect, and then they lost a couple games. And then I thought, well, what the hell am I doing now? But Cincinnati, you know, they're they're playing some good ball, not Great ball, not really consistent, but they've shown signs of, of of headed and trending in the right direction. What are you thinking on this one, man? Bengals at Denver.
0: Oh, this is a tough game. I, I I like the Bengals. I think the Bengals are more fun to watch too. Right. Maybe that's creeping into my head just because uh the, the Teddy Two Gloves offense with with uh the Denver Broncos is you know, I mean, it's just so uh it's so risk averse, I guess, is is the way to put it and like throwing it short of the sticks on third downs. And look, they can run the heck out of the football. So sometimes it doesn't matter with the two-headed monster of uh, the, the rookie along with the, the veteran. I love that combination there in and, and either week. And sometimes last week it was both of them. One of those guys is going to go off each week. It seems like Vic Fangio, well-coached defense there. So I think that's why you can't count the Broncos out. And it's pretty amazing. They have a better record than the Rams do since that trade of Von Miller because yeah, I thought that was a white flag trade I thought that was it for the Denver Broncos. And I still fully don't believe in the Broncos, but at seven and six – They're in this thing and uh, one game behind those chargers now in the AFC West. And so uh, or one win behind, they could tie them at eight and six if they win this week against the Bengals at home. They're favored by two and a half. I think I might take those two and a half points, though, and and take those Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I think the firepower on offense for the Bengals, they've got enough playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, even though they're a little bit flawed over there. And and the Bengals kind of like the Chargers, how he talks about, you know, I think they're one year away maybe adding a couple pieces. They're going to be trouble next year. and So I think both of these teams are flawed. I think Bengals uh, are are playing better, can outscore those Broncos on the road. So give me the points and give me the road dog in the Cincinnati Bengals in this one.
1: Nice. I like it. I mean, you broke it down all the way down to the nitty-gritty on on why to take the Bengals. I just never trust the Broncos' offense. I really don't. I know their defense, they they can play. I like Patrick Surtain a lot. I like what he's able to do at the corner position. Uh, they've got some playmakers, uh, again, on defense. I've never been a believer in Teddy Two Tugloves. Uh, I know that they can run the rock, but I just, I, again, I, I find a hard to believe that that Denver offense is going to come alive and I think Cincinnati will do enough their offense is fun you know Jamar Chase Joe Mixon Joe Burrow those cats are good T Higgins those cats I like I like what they're able to do offensively if they get clicking they get rolling man they're, they're a tough out so uh, shout out to the Cincinnati Bengals I'm going to roll with them as well I liked your breakdown a little bit better but uh, we got there at the same we got there uh, no, no matter what two different ways but we both got there. Hey,
0: did you hear the story about Teddy Bridgewater talking about how he's going to be asking for 25 million dollars next year as a free agent? Ah, no, like, I did not. <laughs> well, I guess you, no problem with you asking. I'll ask for $25 million, too, from the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll see which one of us gets it. I have a feeling neither one of us will.
1: Right. I think there's a better chance that you might get it than Teddy Two Gloves, but that's me. I digress. I don't want to be disrespectful. Have a about-
0: throw past the sticks on third down. Dude.
1: <laughs> right? I heard that. How about this? Three more to go. How about Seattle at the Rams? The Seahawks have been just a weird team all year especially with Russell Wilson going down and the Rams uh, they show signs of being great then they show inconsistencies and then they put on a hell of a show on Monday night football against the Arizona Cardinals Uh, what are your thoughts on this one
0: this one's really tough because again like that Cleveland game Saturday there's an extra day to get some negative tests in but there are so many Rams now and I think even more today going on the list uh, that are that are on that COVID reserve list right now I think a lot of them potentially will be back, but man, if you are missing Odell and you are missing um, Jalen Ramsey's on the list, and there is, um, you know, there's maybe not as many big time starters. Tyler Higby's on the list. Ramsey was on the 13th. So he's had three or four days already on the list. He has a better shot, maybe, than most to to get off the list. Odell was the next day that he tested positive. But man, so many of those players, a lot of depth pieces, really, uh, that tested positive coming off of that Monday night football game. A little bit of a short week. I kind of like Fox playing spoiler a little bit for those. Los Angeles Rams here, and with everything up in the air with the COVID, if you don't have a couple of your best players, especially, I mean, I know Aaron Donald is really the, <laughs> the engine that makes that thing right. go on that defense, but Jalen Ramsey's a dude, and he's really important. And If he's not out there, uh, that hurts that Rams defense quite a bit. No Odell. Um, get, get, I, I feel like right now you almost have to pick the Seahawks. With Russell Wilson and some magic, especially when you're talking about against the fre- against the spread, but maybe you wait till Sunday morning on that and make you know see if things are a little bit more clear because it's just a little bit muddy. But if everyone's playing, um, I think it was a statement game by the Rams last week, and they're like, yeah, okay, we figured it out. We went and traded for this quarterback Matthew Stafford for a reason, and we're we're a really good team. Forget that hiccup we just had. We're we're gonna go beat up on some people, and the Seahawks are not playing good ball. So uh, I know I'm sitting on the fence big time. If they get everybody <laughs> back from COVID, give me the Rams. If not give me those points.
1: I'll just, I'm just going to roll with the Rams. I just don't think Seattle's playing well enough, and I think that uh, that offensive line for the Seahawks is going to get wrecked by Aaron Donald because he's a game wrecker. I mean, that's just what he does. You saw what he did Monday night football against the Cardinals. Uh, it was just so impressive. I mean, he's even using offensive linemen to sack the quarterback. So, I mean, this dude is just taking his game to such another level. He could be a guy in the running for defensive player of the year every single year. He's just that stinking good, and uh, I think as long as you have him, you have a great chance. So, Seattle, as much as I like Russell Wilson and what he's able to do, they're just They're not cooking this year. Uh, their defense stinks. I just think that uh, Matt Stafford and the Rams will find a way to do enough to win this game. It won't be pretty, but they'll do enough to win the game. How about this one? How about the Green Bay Packers at the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, sounds like Lamar Jackson is going to be a no-go. Uh, he didn't practice on, on, on Thursday, and so that most likely seems like he's going to be out. And Aaron Rodgers is looking really good MVP style again. I mean, he's just, he's just doing what Aaron Rodgers does. Uh, what do you think about this one? Green Bay is on the road. Uh, even though they're on the
0: road, I like Green Bay here. Uh, they they just win. It's crazy what Matt Lafleur's doing there with with Aaron Rodgers in in Green Bay, and he's on his way to another 13 win season. It's pretty crazy, and you know, coach of the year type stuff. Tyler Huntley's been respectable uh, in spot duty for Lamar Jackson, so it's not like just because Lamar plays that they're done and they're out. But there's been some games this year, and I think this is one of the worst teams. Uh, defensively, that that Lamar Jackson's had around him. Uh, he's had to play some hero ball. They've come yeah. up with some really narrow victories. I think this one's going to be too much. I'm going to take those Green Bay Packers that continue to roll with their uh, MVP candidate in Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I just Baltimore to me doesn't have the same magic that they normally have. Lamar Jackson's done some great things for this team, but I just don't think that they have the goods. I don't think they have enough goods to get it done. And Green Bay is is I mean, they're cooking. You know, Devontae Adams is looking really good. Uh, Aaron Jones is always looking really good. And of course, you have Aaron Rodgers who's going to do what Aaron Rodgers does and he's done it all season long. Uh, I think that they just, I think that they're really uh, gaining a lot of steam right now. They're competing for one of the best teams in the league right now. I mean, they're just really cooking, so I don't even think this one's a close one. I think Green Bay uh, goes into Baltimore and handles their business. We'll close it out with the NFC East game. How about this one? The Washington football team, all their issues that they have off the field, they still found a way to go on a nice little four-game winning streak before it got snapped last week. They're at philadelphia taking on the eagles again nfc action um the philadelphia eagles haven't had the season they want i think they're they're just really finding themselves trying to figure out who's good who's not what they could really move forward with even next year how do you think these two teams in the nfc shake out the to close out our six pack
0: uh you know i I like the eagles better because of their offensive line Mm. um i think I think Heineke kind of turned into a pumpkin a little bit, and Washington had a nice little run. It was a nice little story, but they're just not that good of a football team. I think they proved that early part of the season. Had a little run, came back down to earth. I like the Eagles because they're at home to put them over the top in this game, and it's going to be really interesting down the stretch with these two teams because they play again in two weeks. They haven't played yet. So um, the, the, the Washington football team goes... Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, and then the Eagles go Washington Giants, Washington Cowboys. So a ton (laughs) to shake out there in the division. But when it comes to a playoff spot, if one of these teams sweeps the other, they're in and the other team's out. So uh, it's really interesting for the Eagles in Washington. If they can beat the other team twice in three weeks, they're a playoff team. And if uh, and if they split those games, then maybe they open up the opportunity for one of the other teams like the Vikings to get in the NFC. Uh, To me, I feel like the Eagles are right now the better team. Neither is a great team, but since they're at home, I'll take the Eagles here.
1: You know, and I'm going to run the Washington football team only because I like their defense a little bit more than I like Philadelphia's defense. You know, I think that the Washington football team's defense makes plays even without Chase Young. I saw them up close to personal a few weeks ago in Allegiant Stadium, and they were able to hold the Raiders to 15 points, and the Raiders have a pretty good offense, even though they haven't been clicking. So I just kind of like what they're able to do. I like the grit, too, in Tyler Heineke, and I usually that means that the guy's not really that good, but he tries hard. But I, I just like his style. I just like kind of who he is. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of reminds me of Nick Mullins, you know, going back all the way back to Nick Mullins, they just kind of have that "Hey, I'm not supposed to be here anyway" style. So let's just go and make it happen. So I'm going to roll with the Washington Football Team. I'm a big fan of what Ron Rivera has going on, anyway. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But uh, both of these teams are, you know, not very good, like you mentioned. And uh, their, their final little schedule that they have for both is, is going to be interesting to see who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. Uh, if either one of those teams makes the playoffs, which I do feel like one of them is going to make it. Of course, the Cowboys will win that division. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting man, but uh, I'm going to roll with the Washington football team and you grab the Eagles in that one.
0: I like it. And I mean, how many of those AFC teams would make the playoffs in the NFC and make that seventh wild card Right. None of these teams want it. Washington, Minnesota, Atlanta, oh. I think, is one of the worst six-win teams in the NFL. Um, the Saints have no quarterback. Like, I don't know about any of those teams. I would take the Raiders. I would take the Broncos. I would take Cincinnati. I would take Cleveland. I would take all of those teams. I would take Pittsburgh over all of those teams for the seventh seed in the NFC.
1: Right, no, I, I hear you, man, and it's, it's so crazy how how these uh, conferences are all shaken out, and and this year has been one of these bizarre years that I, I haven't seen this in a very long time, if ever, where there's so many teams that are just kind of bunched up, and nobody really wants to put a stranglehold on, hey, we're going to the playoffs, and there's no doubt about it, but uh, that's what makes every team exciting, and that's what makes every game exciting and what makes every fan base make sure they tune into their favorite team each and every week, and the NFL loves it uh, for that. So that's that's going to make week 15, 16, 17, and 18. Uh, really interesting uh, weeks to, to close out the season. Absolutely. Uh, fantastic stuff. It was fun being yeah.
0: back here on the Locked On NFL. Yeah, you got to come and hang out every
1: once in a while, man. You know, go back to your roots every once in a while. You know, don't forget about where home was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come back and join you. I'll, I'll I'll be the third wheel for you and Christopher Carter anytime. Christopher, we'll be back with you next week, Friday, with the normal time on Locked On NFL I had fun, though, filling in, uh, and it was a a great pleasure for me to join you, so I appreciate you having me on the show, and I appreciate all the listeners out there making Locked On NFL your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. After you're done with Locked On NFL, come on over and and hang out with me and Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Of course, your boy Q's doing Locked On Raiders. I'm doing Locked On 49ers. We're both double-timing here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Q, it was fun. Appreciate you. Appreciate all the listeners out there and your regular programming next week, right here on Locked On NFL.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes
1: sense.